Catherine, it's good to be back in the bunker. It is. Did Safe you, territory. Well, you went on a, a little holiday. I thought you might not return. I thought so too at one point. And uh, there's a good reason for that. I, I mean, I thought you might not return because you went to tropical Queensland and <laughs> you might want to relocate. We'd have to send you a mic. I tell you what, we did. We went to the Whit Sundays, and the first thing you see as you're driving into Ellie Beach is a, is a training circuit, 32 kilometre training circuit for cyclists. Fantastic. It would be so intense. It is so hot up there. What a great way to get in shape. But yes. if you're preparing for TDU, Go up, go up to the tropics. Oh, we can ride have a around. summer training camp up there. Yeah, it was it was that hot that that I was like, oh, I was just going to go for a quick swim. So, jumped in the water, thinking, you know, it's this is this is Ellie Beach. It's all good. Then a local was there when I got out. And said, "Hey, mate, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, swimming." Clearly, there was a crocodile <laughs> in that water, that exact spot oh, just the jeepers. other day. It said, Ooh. Was there? So, yeah, yeah. And you, you do realise that there's also marine stingers up here. And if there's no nets, that you're susceptible to fatal stings from Irukandji jellyfish and the, the like. I said, well, I, I realise it now. Were there not signs? I mean... <laughs> Look, there may have been a... Did the safety officer made a, make a bit of a boo-boo there? What's going no, on? Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm definitely not putting it on them. There's, there, oh. there was signs. Jeez, well, I'm glad you're back, mate. Made it back. Made yeah. it back. And, uh, we'll get you a wheelhouse stinger for next need time Need a stinger suit to add to <laughs> yeah. our online Sorry, shop. Sorry, a stinger suit, not a stinger. Yeah, not a stinger. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> we're selling an Irukandji with a wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, it's it was good to get away, but so much happened while I was gone. <laughs> like, isn't it? Isn't it uh, always the case? Ooh, uh, good, some good news to cover today. Caleb's on the move. Finally, we've been talking mm. a lot about Caleb Ewan and wondering if he's been quietly quitting. Uh, turns out he's not, which is good. Good news. Uh, someone who's definitely not quietly quitting is Mark Cavendish, and the the, the ultimate told you so from pretty much everyone. Associated with the sport, uh, the takeover we've been talking about, the takeover, the bloodbath, as we called it last week, the takeover is over, which is great. Well, I went on Sports Sunday uh, on the weekend, yep. broader sports show, got to explain the takeover, the merger, the bloodbath, a yep. few footy analogies thrown in. Yep. Well, that's, that's old news now, isn't it? Well, it was it was worth covering. <laughs> what footy analogy the did you use? The takeover's over. Uh, I was describing like what would happen if just the teams merged mm-hmm. and they were all there, uh, and talking about what players you know if you had them all in one team, if you had like your Tedesco's and your yep. Walsh's, all of them on one team. Who do you even play? Yep. yep. What do you do? That was yep. that was where I went with that. I like that. That's yeah. that's really great. Mm. I'm sorry I missed that. I was I was dabbling with death. It's on our social the, media, Joel. You yeah. can check it out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wheels of Misfortune are back this week as well. Your f- new favourite segment. You've got another new one for us as well. I do. Um, I'll just, I'll leave that to the end so that Merxy can't cut it before we get there. Sure. Uh, but don't worry. I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I'm the not. horoscopes aren't back. Okay. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not at all worried. There I'm were firm words it. about that segment. Yeah. Um, Pop no, it was good. It was good. Uh, a little bit of quick news to start us off in ex- episode 64, the tour of Turkey. Now, this makes me almost sick to my stomach. Um, 18.4 kilometres at 10.4%. The Babadag climb is, mm. a, is a joke. 
It's, it's, <laughs> it's hideous. So on stage three, I mean, Tour of Turkey, the presidential Tour of Turkey, I might say, yeah. to name it correctly, is always at this time of year. And it's a great race, but it always has some kind of crazy terrain in there. This one in stage three was described as like an extended driveway that somebody had paved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those ones was like, no, don't even bother backing up it, mate. Don't bother. No. And look, um, Lutsenko won the stage and I love Alexei Lutsenko. Yeah. He rides for Astana, but the reason I love him is because he's the most reliable rider you can ever have uh, in like a tipping competition. Yeah. Because he always finishes there or thereabouts. Gets the most consistent award yeah, at the like annual awards. Often yeah. isn't the winner, but yeah. he's a pretty safe bet. So good to see him win. Uh, but his teammate at Astana, Mark Cavendish, yeah. he was 52 minutes back. Oh, he would. Took Lutsenko an hour to get up to there. To get up the Babadag. An hour climbing. So. For poor Cav, it was nearly two hours of climbing. And he's sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to keep doing this for another year on every pedal <laughs> yeah, stroke, I'm yeah, sure. I, are yeah, are those the moments of regret? It could be. Or, or is it more the resolve of going, oh, here I am, I'm back, I've never been happier. <laughs> oh, I'm Superman. The Barber Doug, it sounds like some sort of like monster, it like does, a ghost like that a, haunts a local mountain or something. It does not sound pleasant. Don't go there. Don't, don't the Barber go. Doug lurks in I will not woods. be going to Barber Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a star a topping and tailing the tour of turkey that's that's neat that's neat i yes, like that but like two little bookends <sighs> uh let's go to another big name in lombardia uh thank you very much mm. now pagacha he's he's done okay he's done okay three pete in lombardia is he the guy for you this year he's had a up and down year mm. Taken a few risks he has. as well along the along the <laughs> yes. way oh, broken a few wonderful, as well wonderful wonderful nickname you gave him risty yeah, early, risky business <laughs> earlier uh, in the year. Of course. I mean, pretty impressive to win three on the trot. And the way he did it too, the the dropping that he executed oh. is like you you're you're a silly. And is he this... went in with a target on his back, and yeah. to win with the target on your back is always harder. But you know, when you have prevailed at a race even once, and then yeah. twice, you go in with almost a little bit of arrogance that you've got nothing to lose. You yeah. know how to win this. And you go ahead and, and do it. I was very impressed. But <laughs> you know what did make me giggle is we'll talk about the takeover that's over a little bit later. But um, the rider who was second, Baggioli, he was a quick step rider. Uh, their team social media, it's like they've kind of given up for the year on actually talking about bike racing. Yeah. And they're taking this meander back through history yep. in their tweets and Lombardia is a region with a great and rich history, and uh, their social media took us through, through it all. So I oh, enjoyed wow. that. That's I cool. enjoyed kind of stepping back into the history books and taking a look at what went on in the region, yep. uh, equally as much as watching the race. But Merxi and I watched uh, a little bit of it. Um, it was on very late yeah. on set. I must admit I had a 3 a.m. alarm for Sports Sunday, so I didn't make the finish. But uh, when we started watching it, the vision, the footage, oh, it's so beautiful around Lake Como. Yeah, yeah, sure. We were looking it up on maps and, you know, I'm pretty sure that it's where, I don't know if you've gotten into Morning Wars. On uh, yeah, TV. yeah, Great I haven't show. seen the latest season, but yeah, up I'm to it. I'm pretty sure that's where all of the Italian houses okay, where, are where he goes to hide Como. after the, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep, it's yep. just so beautiful. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it reminded me, like, why it's so easy to watch cycling at times. Yeah. Because in between, you know, the statistics about the riders and whatnot, 
is just this beautiful scenery. There's more to cycling, so, and I, I love that about the sport and a good broadcast that does drink in some of those visuals because you have the opportunity to do so. You're covering so much territory in beautiful parts of the world. We saw it in Wollongong, showcasing exactly. this beauty. And yes. nothing better than hearing the likes of Kino describe to us um, facts and figures and luminous names and buildings <laughs> and monuments. I love it. I love it. And I also – so the racing to me, you know, and, and Podgy's incredible performance yeah. was on par only, I think, with the scenery. So like Primoz, it took a back seat to, to Pog on the day, basically. It did. Well, Primoz, uh, he, made the, he made the podium. Got on the just podium? see him on the podium – you know, I love the last Primoz. time in Yumbo has spent a fair bit of time looking at Pog's backside, but I, I, you know, who hasn't? To I mean, be honest? he's going from the gold to next year the green. Yeah, see? big one aligns it's... well with us Aussie fans. <laughs> see, see what I've done there. I really, I got to say, with Pogaccia <laughs> quickly. So five monuments, three at Lombardia, a couple of tours thrown in, a couple of GTs, a couple of everything's. Mm. I'm starting to think of him. Is he getting like? What is left to achieve almost? It's almost yeah. like, you know, that Nathan Cleary question, the the young Penrith Panther who won everything and mm. has done everything and he's only like 25. You get to that sort of point of like, is he going to get to a point where he's like, eh, I'm bored. Merxy yeah. has a thought. He's got to win Roubaix. Oh, there you go. Ooh. The jewel. Yeah, it'd, it'd be very – if he won Roubaix, it would almost be – why are the others even turning What's up? What's left, yeah. Like if you could do it all. I And now I remember to turn the circle, to turn the wheel back around, Joel. Mm -hmm. Good brand, good brand speech off. there. Uh, <laughs> you said, is he the best rider of the year? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that in the coming weeks, we'll have to dedicate a show or two to, you know, recap the year. We might have to bring some experts in to yeah. weigh in on their opinions yep, yep, on yep. this one. Because my heart says no. We'll get Merxy Despite in. Despite what we see on paper, right? I'd, mm. Mm, Merxy. Sorry, who else could it be? Um, well, I instinctively oh, went no. to say... Oh, no. I need to get the gavel? To say, <laughs> to say, wow, but actually he hasn't won who? a lot this year. He hasn't had a great one. Um, can we go past Primoz in many ways? Primoz has had a very, very impressive year, consistent year. I yeah, think. Is, I mean, is, uh, yeah. standing on the podium of multiple Grand Tours. Remco obviously has had a COVID-afflicted year and fallen behind. But when he's been good, he's been bloody, bloody good. He has, but I still not, not yeah, yeah not, not the consistency. The so yeah. I don't know. I'd love Primoz to know your thoughts. Probably be my yeah standout, but I need to do the numbers. Maybe we can give them all points. Okay. Let's see where that falls. But, yeah, the sentiment comes above that, doesn't it? Uh, look, th let's put it out there, though, because Rider of the Year, there's a lot of a lot of different reasons to nominate a Rider of the Year. Sometimes yes. it's just because they have a cool name, like Vincenzo Albanese. <laughs> not necessarily the results, but what a there's great gotta name. There's got to be different categories. Yeah. Across the men's and the women's, I think we need to do some brainstorming on what categories we want to see. Yeah. Judged. I think Ganner's going to come into it most conversations just because his name's always up there. It's, right. it's just a frequently mentioned name. And Joshy Tarling has to be in there oh, simply T. by way of Father Michael and yeah. Mother Dawn. <laughs> Mother Dawn, mercy. I just want to say Demi Vollering yeah. and Tade Pogacar. They're my two. They're your two. You. Okay. Yep. Well, you know, a, a lot yeah. of Kopecky has a lot of. A lot Say of reasons to, <laughs> to get behind Lotter as well. It's an interesting one. Uh, we'll, we'll work on that. And we'll your thoughts welcome. If you're future. a listener <laughs> or viewer of the program, you can let us know how wrong or correct we are at any given time. Uh, Gravel Worlds, Kate Bates, have, have unfolded. You like it. 
Uh, I, I have, I'm just going to get right out in front of this and say that Cassia Nuiadama is a name that I really struggle to say, but well, um, you should have to see, get better at it. You should see what her full name is then. Please. Joel. Can you? Uh, K-A-T-A-R-Z-Y-N-A. Katazana. Katazina. Katerina. 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 That, I, no, I... Have never heard it pronounced in full because she goes by Cassia. Yeah, so. sure. Mm. Cassia New New Adama. But Dama. we'll you know we'll take that challenge in the off season. We're going to have to learn. I'm she's doing good. So pumped to see her win. I've mentioned on a few occasions that she seems to be the rider with the most top tens, but never quite wins. Yeah. And if you go and look at her full bio, like Strada Bianchi, she's. So always a favourite there. She's gotten second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times. Things, you know, second in so many stages, second in the GC at the Tour of Romandy um, this year, third at the GC at the Tour de France. She's always there, but she's so irregularly in years of late. Is yep. first across the line. Yep. I'm so happy to see her with the rainbows. She's thereabouts. Well deserved. Gra- I'm loving gravel, by the way. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Like I like some of the quirks as well, the technical quirks of the sport. Well, oh, um, there's a there's a heap of them. I mean, it, in the men, Matej Mahoric, one Mahoric. Yeah, love him. I, he's an absolute better. Iron Man. Can I just you say? You are. You're a big fan, aren't I've you? I got. I've such a fan yeah. of his motor. I, I'm going back to I think 2021 again, mm. where he just like took a early break and just said, you know what, see us, <laughs> and just just was this machine, was this Terminator, um, for the rest of the rest of the stage. And it's like this guy doesn't stop. Well, and another Slovenian. Yeah. I mean, you know, it seems to be the favourite country, doesn't yeah, it? It does. Really. It does. Uh, but. What I what love is in the water over there. <laughs> I love that it suits the road riders in many ways that have really good skills because the development of that also makes the roadside more interesting when you know that these riders have great skills and on different courses. Uh, so I I'm loving that it's been taken more seriously. Awesome, yeah. And it's been given a bit more gravity, or is it Joel? I have a thought. Yeah, is it? Is it though? <laughs> Is it? Because I'll tell you what, Cassia did great. Mm. What a great one to watch that was. Or was it? Well, I Or was it? We wouldn't know, would we, we? we? I don't know, Kate, because we couldn't watch it, could we? <clears throat> Again, this isn't the first time The this broadcast year. that never happened. What, they what's, didn't, what's the They go? didn't have any pictures of the women's race at all. Yeah. Um, the UCI, once again... Another strike against them ever making yeah. the Christmas card list again. Now, they came out and said, we've only just been made aware that there's no women's broadcast. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Mm. Sorry. But normally for – and I've sat on the board of World Championship Organising Committees, right? So I'm confident in my knowledge in Yeah, the I'll, I'll back you. Yeah. To even be awarded the event – from a, a long time out, you have to have all of these boxes ticked, yep. including the broadcast. You have to submit the plans. That it has to have equity and parity, and they have to know the broadcast plan. So yep. I don't buy that they only just found out. And if that's true, then haven't they dropped the ball there? Haven't they missed the boat? Yeah. The organisers said it was too expensive. Uh, Merksy, you've heard me rant about this one a little. I know, but can you imagine... <laughs> Australian Open Tennis, they say we're just not going to broadcast the women's games. 
Yeah, oh, yeah that's like, ki- well. I'm glad you say that because that's kind of what it is. Like, it's sort of it, we're at a point now where it's like, guys, we should have always been at this point, but finally we're waking up a bit. Stop, stop dragging us back with this bullshit. Well, like, for a lot of years, it was we're working on it. We're getting there. We know it's been a long journey. You know, like that was sort of always. And and for a long time, people were like, okay, all right, like let's have some patience. Where it completely runs out is that gravel's new. Yeah. Right. So it's not, you can't any longer say, oh, it's been this way for a long time and we are trying to change it. There's nothing to change. Yep. You're building it from the ground up where there's so much equity in the sport of gravel racing around distances, around prize money. But all of a sudden... You're not showing it. You're not showing and it. And massive names too. Like, let's be honest. The list, like, really, really big oh, names that people want shocker. to watch. And then the UCI said, oh, just follow it on, you know, we'll fix it for next year. But for now, follow it on social media. What do you mean? Like, follow a blog? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, hark back to the good old days when you, like, live tweeted things. Except there was, like, literally an hour between updates yeah. on the UCI site or, like, socials about the race. So, so much for calling people to social media to follow it. There was nothing yeah, to follow. They've dropped the ball. Oh, we've got a, a total shocker. Very naughty USI, UCI, sorry. <laughs> you, got me, you got me that rolled up and <laughs> getting your name wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, look, it's just not good enough. I'm sorry. We no. don't often criticise the UCI on this program, do we, Kate? Well, no, but no. this time we will. <laughs> yes. We'll make an exception. Yes. No, look, it's not good enough. And, and we, were t- we were talking about this a number of times this year. And like you say, if you're a program director, if you're putting together a, a broadcast schedule, you're doing it in enough advance to to factor in costs, to factor in planning, oh. to strategize what you need to do to cover it. And you have it's, to. there's two effing races, cover them both. Well, so here's a bit of a common thread that I can point out. Merxie asked me earlier, why is there no women's Lombardia? Mm-hmm. And I said... My response to that was that that's kind of the state of Italian cycling. If we saw it with the women's Giro, yeah, you know what a fast that was. They just don't put women's cycling next to men's cycling. Like they're just they just don't see it the same. And so I wonder because gravel worlds were in Italy, was it just a case of that again, like this entrenched so territorial chauvinism culture. Kind of around yep. the sport of cycling. I don't know. It's the only thing I can really think of. Do you like the expression I coined for it there? I do. Territorial chauvinism. Ooh, I you do can, like you that. You can use that. I will. Thank um, you. I'll have to write that down. You, go on. I, I, I can wait while you write <laughs> yeah, it down. That's yeah. fine. Kate, you're not writing it down. Oh, Does that no, mean you don't okay. plan on using it? I'll okay. replay this later and write it down. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're having a good old-fashioned rant at the UCI, <laughs> uh, just for something different. Now, <laughs> I'm Joel, and Kate's here as well. Now, let's uh, just quickly... Before we move on from gravel, I, I love the quirk of changing wheels but not bikes, like on the road as well. Yes, it's weird. well, so it is interesting actually because you think of gravel and the first thing you kind of imagine is that it's just on gravel bikes but essentially not too different to road. Yeah. Like it's certainly not mountain bike with the single track and whatnot. It's it's more road. So the course was 50% pavement, 50%. Uh, yeah, you know, gravel or off road, uh, but it's actually so different. So they do have all these tech uh, regulations. Yes, Joel. Yeah. To answer your question, I did sift through <laughs> the rules on this one, uh, and it is because it is quite interesting. So you can they have eight zones along the track, tech zones, and 
from that tech zone, you can change a wheel. Okay. You can have spare wheels, like people in the tech zone with spare wheels That would you. make sense. There'd be a lot of punctures, surely. But you can't change bikes. Okay. So like in cyclocross, you come through the tech zone, you chuck your bike, you jump on a new one, out you go. In a road race, something happens, you yep. just get a bike change. You can't do that. You actually have to stay on the same frame. No exceptions. No exceptions. No exceptions. Crack frame. Oh, can't we, it's too so bad. Sad. Game but, over. I mean, that, okay. I think that also feeds into making sure people ride appropriate bikes. Okay. Gravel bikes, not just putting, you know, wider tyres on your road bike. Fascinating. Right? So there yeah, is a, yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. behind that. Um, but it also says it, what it means, the practicality of this, Joel, yeah. is that with only eight tech segments, you've got to be pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. So you've got to take your own spare tubes and spare tyres. I like that. It's this Bear grill style. It's cool. Cycling, yeah. It's Except cool. Bear Grylls is a well, bit phony, but yeah. <laughs> and it's authentic. This leads me very nicely, Joel. No, no, hang on. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Are you you're absolute, Mercy, you're, you're absolutely sure you want the segment? Yeah, okay. What? No, we're not doing the dance. We're not, no. He wants us to do the dance. I can do a dance. Okay. We just need a little sting to one, do. Two, one, two, three. The wheel it's the of misfortune. <laughs> misfortune. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Kate Bates bringing the misfortune from the world of cycling to you. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Welcome Up to on the wheel this week's of wheel of misfortune. We have two. Uh, I don't know, uh, competitors. Okay. <laughs> participants, Two in participants this week. Let's, let's meet our contestants. Yes, let's meet our contestant. That's the word I'm looking for. Our first contestant this week, Joel, uh, is Mr. Van Art from Belgium. Uh, of course, I'm talking about <laughs> your dinging the gavel there. I just there. hit the Vader head so hard that the batteries fell out, oh, okay? heavens. Uh, now, we're out Van Art at Gravel Worlds. Yep. Went in as a hot favourite. Uh, but the Jumbo Visma rider, he crashed... Like in the first 70K, so in the first half of the race. And he then, that led to a puncture and then a mechanical issue. Yeah. And he had to stand on the side of the path, the gravel section, and change his own tyre. Good. That's pretty good. I love the like, kid. I, I love like that, that the kids get to see that. So yes. self-sufficient, get out there, look after yourself. It's a good lesson. I mean, it's a bit unfortunate for him. No. Um, but I like his honesty. Afterwards, he said it was my fault. I got a puncture because... You know, I wasn't riding well, yep. mishandling my bike, and yep. I fell off because I wasn't paying attention. So that's cool. That's but he was about 10 minutes down uh, in a hundredth odd place, and he, and he decided not to throw the towel in. And he kept going, even though he couldn't win the race anymore. Yep. As top favourite, ended up finishing in the top 10. That's incredible. So pretty cool, um, but a little bit unfortunate for the favourite um, to go down in that way. As he does, though, so. he's he's the, the resolve and the resilience of the man. But I love that your yes. opening wheel of misfortune subject was about a wheel today. That was fantastic. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, thematically It was really good, sound. wasn't it? Right. And, um, Merksy? Yeah, top 10. Top 10. Yeah, it's all right, I suppose. Yeah, from a hundredth <laughs> to top 10, yeah, top throwing bad. in a tyre change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, sure. so... Based on that, I'm not sure if he will be the contestant of the week on Wheel of Misfortune because... Sorry, Kate. Are you saying you have another contestant for us? I am saying that indeed, yes. Uh, so our second contestant this week is uh, a friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, he hails from Canberra, 
yeah. married to a wonderful uh, lady named Bree, the winner of the Tour Down Under in yeah. 2023. Uh, fair to say, and using his words, Joel, yep. uh, the rest of the season for Jay Vine has gone to shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's launched an, we, we've launched an appeal actually, and this is getting serious for a moment on Jay's behalf because, uh, Jay went to social media with a rather vivid, Vine's vivid social post, uh, on his work in Turkey. Yes. Vine's time and his work in Turk. Yes. And he wasn't happy. <laughs> no. What did he say, uh, Catherine? He's, um, the, the passage that you're referring to, uh, is... Um, when he was in the front group until his stomach very quickly managed to liquefy uh-huh. the contents. Thank you for the details, Jay. So yep. use your imagination. You don't really need to. That's a fairly good description. Now, he's gone on um, to say, you know, is it socially acceptable? And when it is, he'd, he'd like to start getting around uh, with a rabbit foot, a four-leaf clover and a horseshoe. Okay, hence sort of our boost appeal. his lung. His yep. luck. Well, you know, like we're giving folk here at the wheelhouse, yep. Joel. And for this particular contestant on uh, the Wheel of Misfortune, I thought we could be helpful. Um, so we put it out to the Couch Peloton, to our community, to say, can anybody help us out here? We're, yeah. we're trying to source a horseshoe, yep. a rabbit's foot, mm-hmm. four-leaf clover. Uh, now, Anna Campbell has very kindly offered to go down the bottom of her paddock Great. Um, and get us a rabbit. Okay. Um, I'm not clear. Does the rabbit need to be attached to the rabbit's foot for the I don't, luck? No, I think it's, I'm not it's, sure. I, look, no, it's that. similar to the magic of the monkey's paw. Oh, uh, it's a it's it mm. possesses you know magic enchanting qualities. Risky, really risky. It's a deal with the devil. Oh, but it, it, the magic will only work if it's severed. I'm sorry to all the rabbits. But out the, there. yeah, so the paw is no is not attached uh, to said monkey. No. Well, <laughs> Goodness, no. I mean, Sue suggested the Maniki cat, you know, where his little <laughs> yeah, right yeah, arm waves. Yeah. Yes, for absolutely. Good luck. <laughs> um, so we could do that. Are there any, do we have any other suggestions um, uh, for a little bit of luck? You, do you have, you don't have the the uh, the horseshoe anywhere? I don't. Away? Have I a might horseshoe. be able to sort out the horseshoe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well, if not, an ice skate to to cut the the bad juju. So you ooh. use the skate to. Okay. Yeah. What about an elephant with its trunk up? I like that. Yep. 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 Merxy. There's someone, an Aussie, that may have had worse luck than Jay this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> Caleb Ewan. <laughs> oh, oh, you're segueing. Is for he? Us. He's moving us on. <laughs> Thank you, Mercy. Well done, Mercy. Okay, all uh, right. Look, no, well. Jay, look, if you please get in touch if you can help the Jay Vine campaign. Uh, yes. We're looking for rabbits' feet, horseshoes, clovers, and apparently elephants and cats. And maniki cats, yeah. Okay. Uh, nice. Uh, hey, good segment. Good Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank great. you. I think if we have fortunate prizes for the misfortunate contestants, yeah. um, then, you know, we can bring it full circle, well, let's which is finish what we're going to do fortune. right now. Yeah, yeah. Right? Very clever. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about Caleb Ewan and, and whether he's, uh, as I say, quietly quitting, but apparently not. We finally know what's happening and it's relief all over. It's been described as a lifeline. It a has. lifeline for Caleb. I, I find that a handed a lifeline. I don't know. Like He's still a bloody good rider. I was about like, to say, I'm not sure about that. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, there, there's a lot of teams who would very happily have yeah. 
Caleb. Lifeline. God. Um, but I'm I'm happy to see him come back to an Aussie team. I can't help but think that there's been almost a little bit of, you know, Aussie spirit, like bring him home. Like yeah. the guys had a rough trot. He's one of the best we've ever had. Yeah. Not just the current. Like he deserves better from his career yep. than this. Let's bring him back into the get him back into the warm back embrace. Into the fold. Yep, yep, yep. Get him back yeah. into the kangaroo's pouch, as it were. <laughs> yes, yep. Indeed. Sprint sprint heavy. Sprint heavy. It is. Be well, fair. so Jacob Alula now have Grunewagen. Um as well now as Kayla, both riders who, you know, would be able to um, consistently win Grand Tour stages. Uh, Michael Matthews, we don't really, he's not really a sprinter, mm. but it does go to, you know, whether they have the capacity to provide lead outs for both of them, for the opportunities them, yeah. for them. Um, but apparently this has been handled. Uh, it wasn't just like a, a last minute, let's, see if we can grab Caleb and we'll figure out what to do with it. Um, but they've extended Grunewagen's contract to ensure that he knows that they still back him and it's not about that. Um, they've talked to their riders about building a bit of a lead-out train for Caleb and what that culture would look like. Okay. And it seems like they've done a pretty solid job of making sure that not just that they you know, hand him a lifeline, to use the term that's been thrown out there, but to ensure that it doesn't impact on their current team and it really does provide him the support and opportunity to thrive. Yep. Because if they just brought him back in to make sure he had a contract and a team, that wouldn't – I mean, that wouldn't do what they're hoping to do in mm, terms mm. of really allow him to, to thrive again. It would almost be setting somebody up to fail. So yeah. it seems like they've done a pretty pretty solid job. Uh, in that recruitment. And I'm pleased to see it. I mean, especially with all of the crud we've been hearing about with the takeover, <laughs> yeah. the merger, the bloodbath. I blood was going to say, offering him some certainty and some assurance, unlike the bloodbath. Uh, let's have an update, Kate. What do we need to know about the bloodbath? There is no, like it's, it's not done. on. It's, it's cooked. Done and dusted. Right. I don't get it. I mean, I, I get it. But I, I get that it's over now, but I just don't really understand why. Why did it become an entire sport-shaking uh, yeah, I mean, item? Because the way Lefebvre has described it in saying it's over, he really minimises it. Like, ah, it was a few conversations and people ran with it and made too much of it. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. Because yeah, no, Patrick. It doesn't get that far. It, it, if that was the case... Then the minute it was reported on, Yumbo and Paddy, for his value, would have come out and said, ah, rumours, like, this really is nothing. Yeah. And then when riders like Remco were asked what's happening next year, he wouldn't have said, uh, you know, we'll talk about that at another time. He would have said, ah, oh, it's just all rumours and it's crap, I'll be with Quickstep. Yep. You know, and last week we reported on Van Wilder saying it was shit on all the riders. So this has had a massive impact on the riders. And when Remco went down at Lombardia mm, mm. and he didn't get up for a little while, he had a sore elbow, but he was ultimately able to finish. I can't help but think he was sort of on the ground going like, What's oh, the point? I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what am I getting up and racing for? It's all a little bit too much. It, it literally, it took the entire sport in a, a headlock 
for a number of weeks and the, the strain on the riders was, as you say, really, really evident. And then it's just... Yeah. It's I, just gone in the breeze. It just seems to me like... They're, pl- they're literally playing with people's lives yeah. and it's not a positive thing. It has not been a positive thing for the sport. It has made people criticise the business model of it and not in a proactive, productive way, might I add, like just kind of... No, it's not a this is how it could be better. It's just Peeving this is people it's off. Yeah, it, yeah. it also has really highlighted like how vulnerable the athletes are and yeah. the staff and how little they care about the fans. You really need to, and you'd know more than most about this, oh. but when you're on that bike going at a thousand kilometres an hour and there's a peloton and there's, you really need to be focusing on what's in front of you or around you. You don't really need any of this yeah. background noise. And I mean, it reverberates through the peloton because then there's yep. riders in other teams thinking, crap, is my contract worth anything? Yep. Like they're going to be questioning their management, like how robust is our team? It just puts... I, yeah, I think that's ugh. a really good point. I think we've sort of... A, it's it's clear that the peloton, despite different teams, nationalities, whatever, there is a, a bit of a hive mind going on when it comes to, the, I guess, the welfare and the, the, the health of the sport. And this sort of thing is just a, a bad really indictment on like that. I really don't like it. I really don't like it. And I know that, you you're know... You're shitboard. <laughs> so we've got your shitboard at the moment. UCI is number one today. Yeah. Um, are you saying that, that Lefebvre and co are, are leapfrogging into well, number one? Well, see, on again, shitboard? you know, I think for on the Yumbo Visma side, yep. Richard Plug has handled this exceptionally well. He has a very different version, albeit he hasn't really come out publicly to make a big statement. But along the way, he's the one that went to the UCI to say that there'd been a letter of intent signed. Mm. He's the one that has been really forthcoming about what sponsors may be available and how it may look. So he seems to have handled it pretty transparently. And perhaps that's why we haven't seen too many of the Yumbo Visma riders too distressed. Yeah. Over to Paddy's camp. Yeah. And it's far uglier and messier. So I think we're just going to put Paddy on the shit list. Just Paddy? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yumbo handled it. Like, talk about closing ranks and handling it with professionalism and sort of you know, uh, collegiate. Yeah, You know, yeah. they were very sort of, we're in this it's, together and this is what's happening. It's a know. shame that the team name will change from Yumbo Visma. That, um, I, I have such a, I hate, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I, I, I hope that, you know, Visma remains. So I hope that the kit remains fairly similar and we can continue to yeah. follow along that journey. I'm looking forward to continuing supporting the Brisbane Brumbies next year in the NRL because <laughs> they're changing their name too. And uh, yeah, long live the North Queensland whiplash or whatever because it's just ridiculous. Anyway, it doesn't matter. A, a wheelhouse okay, podcast, right, the bloodbath yep. is over. I've had a little rant. I'm going to add that to the shitboard. Name changes, Yep, if that's all right. Please. Happy to set it in number three. Now, it's not over yet, Kate. It is not over Says yet. Mark Cavendish. <laughs> so everyone, and the literal, the rest of the world goes, no shit. Didn't see that coming. I think we knew in the moment that he crashed out of the tour. The collarbone, yeah. That it could not be how his story no. was going to end. Not when he's, you know, driving the bus of his career. Yeah. Because it's his choice. Of course it is. So if it wasn't his choice, different story. But why would you choose to go out like that if you had the option to give it another go. Well, he's 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 ridden up the Babadag. He's proven he wants to be on the bike. I mean, the reason that he even went to Astana is because he wasn't ready for it to be over. He wasn't ready for the story to be over. Yeah. 
And so he chose to go for another year with a new team. It caused a little bit of chaos. Yeah. But that's how much it meant to him to finish his career on his terms. So he, imagine... He is the story, isn't he? That it's he not was, the sport, it's him. It's him. Imagine that he was retiring, Joel, yeah. and his final race would essentially be up the Bubba Doug. Like, no thanks. 52 minutes behind <laughs> at the bus. Yeah. Like thanks for the memories. <laughs> exactly. That's not, yeah. a me- that's not a legacy that Oh, I've got a wants. mental image in my head for the Bubba Doug. The gobbledock. The go- oh, the gobbledock. Like That's that. now what the Bubba Doug looks like in my head. Okay, I'll whip the up Bubba a little graphic Doug for this. Is coming. <laughs> uh, but look, Cavendish. I got to say, another uh, one more last hurrah. His fourteenth last hurrah in the pro peloton, <laughs> yes. looking for that thirty-fifth, that elusive stage win. Good on him. As you say, he drives the bus. He's all about it. I have. Excuse me. I have one little. May I? Please. Concern? Uh, I'm going What's to call it concern? the Serena Williams effect uh, of of going on and going on and going on and chasing that elusive, that important, but also you've won 23 Grand Slams, you've done really well prize. See, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying. Now, if he had have gotten to the end of the Tour de France, not broken the record. Yeah. You think he would have kept, gone out? I think he would have gone out. You think he would have Because out? Okay. I think he would have said... I wanted, you know, I did my best. Thank you for the memories. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that it would be a different narrative right now if he was going another year because he hadn't broken the record. Okay. Because then we'd be going like, oh, that's a pretty big risk. Yeah. But because he didn't even get to shoot his shot, I think that that's why everyone's pretty supportive of it. Mm. Chris Froome's come out. He's supportive of it. Froomey? Yeah. He said he's a pretty special pretty special rider and I believe he'll be able to break that record. Oh, look, and, and you know, the, he, he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't completely believe that, yeah, that 35th is there for the taking and that, that mental strength is unparalleled. It is. Of course well, it is, but gee whiz. Lots of people saying uh, Chris Froome should probably retire. He's announced he's going to continue, but he didn't say he was retiring. Yeah. It's just people are saying he probably should. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, Sorry, breaking news. <laughs> Oh, breaking news. Stop it. Sug and Peter making oh. a comeback. <laughs> no. Merksy, did so, you hear? No, so Froome, there's no comeback. He never said he was going to retire. Yeah. Just fans thought he should. I'm happy to see him ride on. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, sure. He's making sure. great money. He loves riding his bike. The pressure's off because post-injury has been a completely different journey for him. Yep. Good on him. Bring on that. I, I'd be, you know, he should continue to race so long as he's competitive. And until he ticks off that milestone. No, Froomey. Oh, sorry. Well, Cav as well. Tip, Cav, tick off I the think milestone. give Cav another year and then really he needs to go Oh, hang on. So, okay, so Froomey can go on indefinitely. Yes. But Cav gets one year. That's, that's it. That's correct. What? Okay. Yep. Sure. <laughs> uh, Bora. I'm going to turn the comments off on my social media <laughs> for that. Talk about her. Froomey, never stop. Cav. You're on borrowed time. Yes. Bora, next mm. force at the tour. You mm. like it. Yay or nay? Well, so I think this is really interesting because I think this kind of leads into a bigger chat about team finances. Yeah. So Primoz heading to Bora, which is great. Um, but the team came out and said, and they're German, remember, and I love the way that the Germans operate in this regard. They said, we've, you know, people are saying, how can you afford him? 
And he and they've said, well, we've been saving money. <laughs> Piggy banks. Yeah, yes. You should give it a Over try. Over the last years, we've run our budget so efficiently that we've actually got some money in the bank and yeah. that's how we can afford him. That's pretty cool, isn't I love it? it. It's like an efficient machine. It German is. German engineered. Efficient. It is. Yeah. But they will come into the Grand Tour season with, you know, the potential to win a lot, Merksy. Remember, this is the team that paid a lot of money to Peter Sagan. Well, that's true. So you're so you're thinking that with Sagan gone, they just had free flowing it freed money. up some space in the salary yeah, cap, as it were. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, but it does raise the question of you know team budgets, yeah, and salaries, and salary now caps. that the uh, that the super team merges off, yep, the bloodbath, um, the bloodbath has been drained. A few riders have dispersed. Mm. Um, this week, Matt White from Jacob Alula, uh, for the third time, uh, he does it in annually, recent, doesn't it? He does. Yeah, it's an annual discussion he has with the media. Yeah, he's brought up the idea of a salary cap. Yep. Okay. Yet again, would it work in cycling? Would cycling benefit from a salary cap? Is of course the question here, Catherine. And uh, as much as you know, Bora's like, yes, it's mm. a tight oil take a Volkswagen. It it just works. It's great. It's tough for other teams. It's tough to find the balance. Talent pool's another thing, of course, when you look at other sports. Uh, yes, hello, Merksy. Sorry, Joel, why were you using an Irish accent? <laughs> I wasn't. That was my, that was my German. <laughs> was it? Oh, my <laughs> heavens. Oh, look, anyway, it took me a second. I was like, what is it? Anyway, um, your accents are bad, Joel. They're, and no, I they're not. They're say great. that with all due respect. <laughs> I think that the, the idea of a salary cap yeah. would be the best thing that happened to... Pro Tour Cycling. Yeah. Because we don't want super teams forming. Yeah, it does distribute talent a little bit It better. does. Yeah. It really does. And it means that when riders get to a point, like if they come to the team uh, on a lower salary, but they've developed and they are clearly, their market value is a lot higher, yeah. then the team may have to let them go because they've already got a few big hitters. It, it almost prevents teams buying all the up-and-coming talent for low coin yeah. and then hanging on to them. And it also protects riders because it means that once they hit a bit more market value, they're a bit of a free agent. Yeah, right. And they're allowed, you know, they'd have to be a little bit more agency within contracts um, to be able to move in yeah. and around salary caps. The only really big downside that I can see, um, you know, knowing that it's a really successful model in other sports, uh, is what happens when a team implodes Right, because if we saw a team just disappear like we almost did with the takeover that's over, we, I like that. Yeah. The over takeover. The takeover over. The takeover over. Uh, then they would literally, like riders like Remco, would have nowhere to go. Yeah. Because no one would be able to fit them in their salary cap. Bora may not, like they had money in the bank to be able to get Primoz, but under a salary cap, it wouldn't really matter if they had money in the bank. If it didn't fit in their salary cap, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And so that would really work against the riders. So while we still operate in this environment where contracts could essentially mean nothing, I see that as being the biggest hindrance for a salary cap. Are there enough like genuine candidates, GT candidates and whatnot to make to ensure that there'd be an even spread of marquee stars across 
the teams because that's kind of the point. Yeah, I think so. Pay. I mean, I yeah. think it would be good for development too because yeah. teams would then work harder to develop the talent. Whereas what we've seen in the past is some teams kind of write themselves off for grand tours and say we're not yeah. a grand tour. We're, we're not even going to go for that. So we'll enter teams in grand tours just to win stages or yep. just to try and go for the minor prizes along the way, but not the big GC. Yeah, it's interesting. But uh, it would teams, entice them to do that. They've got to get it right because it can become very top-heavy as well. And obviously if you've got like a, a Yumbo, as they are currently known, having that many absolute superstars, what does the other end of your roster look like mm. when you're spending all that money? It's a, it's a difficult balancing act, but it's, it is, it's absolutely good for the sport, as you see in, in other sports. Again, we talk about the NRL, but the tightness of that competition for the most part has been really good, but what has become evident in recent years is uh, the supply of talent because there are a few teams where it's just, it's just not enough elite mm. players to make sure that every team is at the peak of its power. Oh, I don't think I think I don't think we have that problem in cycling. But yep. but <laughs> another big problem, if I may add to my list, yep. uh, is the UCI. I don't. They're, want, they're already on the ship. I don't. Board, yeah, so. I don't want them creating this structure y- because yeah. it would end up. I think. A bit of a mess. Okay. Do you think it'd open more doors for elite talent that aren't getting a go at the Absolutely. moment? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I cool. think it would make teams have to invest um, in talent. Yep. In a different way than they currently do, and really invest in in what they have. You know, it would really help beef up those salary caps. More money. A bit of sports gambling <laughs> money. Ooh. A bit of sports betting uh, sponsorship. Okay, I say more money. You go straight to... Uh, punting. To punting. Yeah, punting. is Well, I, I go there with good reason because mm. it's... I don't love it, but it's weaseling its way into the sport, Catherine. Uh, Kieran Racing. It is. So, Kieran Racing is, you know, pretty big in Japan. A yep. lot of people have heard about it. They have quite an interesting system over there where it's very heavily linked to... Um, sports betting um, and the way that they kind of maintain the integrity is the riders all come into uh, an accommodation. They hand over their mobile phones. They're not allowed to see anybody outside the little bubble um, of the riders. They have to submit their uh, race plan beforehand. They all have um, SRM like data collection devices on their bikes that are then made public. Uh, So anybody betting on it has all of this information yeah. um, to bet okay. and to make sure that it's not fixed and to make sure that the riders submit their race plan, therefore they have to execute their race plan to prevent any kind of yeah. match fixing. How convoluted. Oh, sorry, but so, Jesus. Well, so Derby Wheels is a new setup that is essentially a global Kieran series, so yeah. taking it outside of Japan. And, in fact, because of the betting laws in Australia – um, we can't have in-play betting in Australia. So once the game starts, you can't put a bet on. Yep. But we have pretty open legislation around uh, or regulation around just online gambling, right, which makes Australia a good market for it. Uh, so, we, you know, the plan is that they'll run a few out of this, mm. uh, out of Australia. 60 women, 60 men, um, up to 1,000 races a year. Oof. They're talking about um, growing growing the market so big uh, that, in in fact, 1,920 races a year is what they're saying. Okay. Um, I'm sure doing, the athletes are licking their lips. Yeah, $600,000 prize money per tournament. Yeah. Um, a tournament is 
a three race, a three day tournament. Okay. Um, so for the athletes, they would be like, this will be the most lucrative, lucrative. thing they've ever seen. Uh, and all we need to do is become racehorses. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem is it's all the entire model is contingent on sports betting. Yeah. And that doesn't sit right with me. No, I don't like it. Um, it's on the shitboard. Yeah, so Item three on the shitboard behind Lefebvre, UCI uh, and But these are the ideas that come betting. to the fore when when you, you are talking about the biggest team in the world, Yumbo Visma, losing Yumbo. Yep. So success doesn't equal profitability. No, it's so, so true. So how do you how do you fill that gap in sport, Joel? Sport is wrestling with this all over the world. Cycling is wrestling with it in a massive way. Of course, yes. of course they are. It's yes. not it's not just gambling. Of course, it's 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 petroleum companies and and all all manner of. Well, of so how else do we fund sport? Exactly, that's the question. That's I don't have an question. answer for you, but that ethical debate is uh, that that. That necessity of of getting into bed with, you know, these evil corporations, whatever you want to mm. call it, is like, what's the alternative? I don't know. Well, would you prefer to get into bed with Fifty Cent? Wow! Of all the segues, <laughs> that was step like, aside. Um, you know, Charlie. Maybe we could get our money from <laughs> Fifty Cent, who's now, somewhat bizarrely, uh, sponsoring a Welsh under fourteen girls team. And not joke, we're talking about 50 Cent, the rapper, a.k.a. Curtis Jackson, James Jackson the third, I believe. The man of, I believe, nine bullet holes in his body. Oh, heavens. Never paid his Uh. doctor. That's the great story about that. The guy that saved his life didn't pay him. Oh. So he's like years later, hey, mate, you know how you're worth like 50 million now? Any chance you could sort that? (laughs) Sort that bill out. Mercy. Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Thank you. Keep, keep okay, legals happy. Moving on. <laughs> so he's uh, the father of one of the players yep. um, in the under-14 girls team. Uh, works on the, like on tour, is one of the stage crew okay. for 50 Cent's tour. And uh, thought, bugger it. I'm just going to ask him. Hey, Curtis. And he did. He just yeah. said, uh, we need, you know, we need a jersey sponsor. Great. So, is it him? Is it like it's fifty? It's just says fifty it's him. cent. On well, the I, don't, I don't know if it's, I haven't seen the or is uh, his his, his the label design yet? No, I think it's him. I think it's fifty. I think it's fifty cent. And apparently, he's taken quite an interesting, uh, like quite an interest, not interesting, <laughs> quite an interest in um, AFC Rumney. It's in Cardiff. What and is in it the with under Cardiff? 14 Girls team. What is it with Wales at the moment? We've got Wrexham as well. I know. Uh, well, Ryan, that's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. He's gone behind it. Ed Sheeran. Ipswich. Ipswich. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it could be 50 Cent Visma. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, fi- 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Yeah, oh, Visma. sorry, 50. My I got bad. Uh, <laughs> but good idea. The, now, this made me think, Joel. Yeah. Look, this isn't a formal segment. We could turn it into one. Um, this made me think, what celebrities would we like to see? Funding sport. Well, 50 Cent's doing it. I want Dr. Dre. Do- oh, away. do you? Of course I do. Right. He's worth like $8 billion, allegedly, and he's, um, <laughs> you know, he's well, Dr. Dre. You know what? I no, want to you- see uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, no. Mine is all... I just have a standard answer for this. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Wilson. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Hanks no. Racing. Oh, my God. T. Hanks Racing. Thanks Racing. 
Oh, thanks, racing. Because I go. kind of was thinking tanks, and I'm like, you don't want someone to tank. No, thanks. Thanks. Okay. Gratitude. Put um, gratitude into the universe. <laughs> I'm going Jennifer Lawrence because I don't know if you're a fan uh, of the Hunger Games. Yeah, she's but brilliant. Katniss yeah. Everdeen. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if she could teach some of those skills yep. to like an under-15 women's criterium team or something. And, and she's at the start line going, may the odds be ever in your favour. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. Lo- right, I love or it lots. what about Taylor Swift? Because... I think she's doing well enough. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like if we can get the Swifties... Oh, okay, yeah, the name follow works. Cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, on that, yeah, yeah. you know, in that kind of hysteria, we could go for Harry Styles. Yeah, sure. Um, he likes wearing the Lycra jumpsuit things. Okay. So, <laughs> there's an alignment, <laughs> Yeah, right? okay, yeah, yeah. I think, I think there, yeah. I just... Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Merksy. <laughs> Merksy, don't say Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh. He'd be oh, a hit. He's he'd, knock, he'd knock oh. him out. He'd knock him he'd down, be, wouldn't he'd he? Be, yeah. oh, all right. What about Sergeant Peter? No, he's a cyclist. No, Still? we need like outside. Is he though? I think he's bigger than the sport. No. Michael no. Jordan. Michael Jordan. He's, no, he's tied up. He just made a deal. He sold out of the Charlotte Hornets and made, I think, like uh, several billion dollars. So that should be a yes then. No, he's, he's the... going into another venture. Oh, he'll have yeah. enough spare cash. He'll have a bit of cash. Yeah. If you could, t- if you could convince Michael Jackson to get behind, like it's not just a cycling team; it's the sport of <laughs> cycling that would benefit. Well, Michael I... Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. If you could bring him back somehow, <laughs> deep fake him, AI, oh. Michael Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know no. what? Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> bring him back. Um, Merksy, it doesn't surprise Jeans. me that. <laughs> He's gone for Michael Jordan. Did you know, Joel, uh, that <laughs> Billy Jean Racing? I know yeah. Billy Jean Racing. That Merksy's um, always <laughs> dreamt of um, owning a pair of Jordan Seven, Jordan Air, yeah, Air yeah. Jordan Seven. You can borrow mine if you want. So I reckon he's putting um, Michael Jordan's name in the hat because he thinks maybe if we facilitate a cycling sponsorship, yeah. he, might, he might get his dream of having some uh, Air Jordan Sevens. Donald Trump. Oh, come on. All right. Now it's time to move on. <laughs> because, I mean, we're getting to the to the end of our time in the bunker, Joel, and you know what that means. Da, 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 da. It means it's time for my new segment. Yeah, okay. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, now, I've called uh, this one uh, From the Archives. What do you th- Is it, that a good name? We'll workshop um, that. We could go for Gear Shifts in Time. <laughs> Chase. Let's let's see if the segment's anyway, going to stay first. Go. We'll, now, yeah. in the summer of 1982, Joel, yeah. 31 teenagers and five adults embarked on a 3,600-mile ride across the US trying to raise money for MS. Yep. Um, they were all pretty hungry for adventure, but they kind of had no idea what they were getting themselves into, weren't seasoned bike riders. Um, for 30 years, Joel, the VH ta- VHS tapes... You remember those old things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That were used to film it. They went missing. They've oh. been found. Oh, wow. They have been found. And so... Found or returned? No, found. Okay. I, I don't know where, but 40... So from 40 years ago, we now have uh, these fantastic VHS tapes of this adventure. Amazing. Um, across the US. They've turned it into a little documentary series, uh, which you can found, find on Outside Watch. Yep. Um, so pop that into the uh, old Google. What's it called? Uh, I don't know the name of the doco. They haven't even oh, really pulled that out, to be honest. Okay. Shadow of a Wheel, I thought. Could be. We okay. could name it. 
Yeah, well, um, I know you love naming. Yes, but that's how from the archives it really is. The long ride. Yes, the long ride. So yeah. I'm very excited about this one. That's excellent. I, I don't I mind this segment. Be, I, I'm imagining that it's like um, the movie. Oh, Mercy, you've got to help me out here. What's the name of that movie with the four boys? They go on an adventure. Oh, that narrows it down. Um, no, no, no. Um, they. Oh, this is this is a flop now that I can't remember. <laughs> oh, step. That's it. There you Stand go. by a, me. What a moment. See? Yeah, that was oh, awesome, guys. I knew we'd... I knew Good we'd on you, Merxie. Save it. Thanks, Yeah, Mercy. that was lovely. Stand by me. Yeah. You know, like this big adventure. 31 <laughs> teenagers. Really, so, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of that movie about that dude who does the thing oh. and Merxie's just like, bang. <laughs> I'm just here going like literally every second movie ever. You're mocking me, doll. <laughs> I have two words for you. Merxie was great. Michael Mark Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Max, Michael Jackson. George Jorkson. So anyway. there you go, from the archives. That's excellent. I, what do you I, think? I think I, I'm, I love uh, historic segments. Merksy, what do you think? Can that one stay? Yeah, we'll workshop it a bit. Yeah. Workshop Probably the title. Probably good to know the um, title. The title, okay. I know. I, look, I'll I, put, I threw you under the bus. Say, hey, what's the name of oh, it, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Shadow of a Wheel. Yeah. That's what it's called. I know, it's, I said that, yeah. Did you? Oh. Yeah. That's you, all right. I missed that. Yeah, because so, okay. we listen to each other on this show. Okay. We're trying to cover your ass, Katie, both of us. Thank you. I appreciate that. With a big piece of material. That's Okey fantastic. Hey, all right, look, well, we've, that's we've me. Had, I'm done. You are an outstanding human being, and thank you for bringing <laughs> two fantastic segments. Wheel yes. of Misfortune stays. We'll find a way yes. to get this one in here as From well. From the archives, <laughs> shadow of, of a wheel. <laughs> Coming to your internet browser. It's soon. great. It's about a bunch of dudes that do shit, and it, yeah, check it out. Like that movie. <laughs> this okay. has been the uh, the Wheelhouse Podcast. We've been on an interesting ride in episode sixty four, and uh, I'd like to thank you. Uh, we've brought Michael Jackson back to back to life. We've we've speculated on titleless movies. It's been lots of fun. <laughs> Where else is what I'll oh, say. Back to the drawing board. I think for me. Like, share, subscribe, tell everyone you know, and. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll be back again, don't you worry. 65. If this is what was in 64, what's going to happen Ooh, in 65? Get excited, people. Woo. <laughs>